welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast. Real stories of those who went from feeling like they would never make it in the online space to creating way more money and freedom. I'm your host, Carrie Beach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a coach that helps female entrepreneurs build six and seven figure businesses through self-trust and confidence. I deeply desire more humans out in the world being of service. This season on the podcast, we are going deep into what it takes to build an income and an impact that you are proud of. And season six is through the lens of the male brain. Up until this point, it's been all females. So this is super different and super exciting to me. This conversation is unlike any other. We're gonna give you the tips, the tools, a whole lot of permission to do life and business your way. So come join us for season six of the show where we'll talk all things you need to know to grow your own profitable online business. I'm Trevor Oldham. I'm based out of Massachusetts in the United States. So for the for the global listeners of your show, and, and I run a business called Podcasting You, have been running it for about four years now. And, and basically what the business does is we go out there and we help people to get booked on podcasts that grow their influence and grow their income. And, and especially with the podcast taking podcast space taking off over the last couple of years, been been a good business. And, and really that's what I do in day in, day out. I help people get booked on podcasts and, and help them share their story. So talk to us about how attaching your worth has shown up in your business and maybe what that looks like. And I'm super curious because I think a lot of females, just to like blanket it, but a lot of females really struggle with this. And I'm curious how this has been for you. It's definitely been a challenge at times. And and basically what happens on my end when attaching my worth to my business is the amount of money that I'm bringing in. So if I go two weeks without signing a new client for our business, then I feel really sad and, and depressed. Then if I have a week where I sign three new clients up, then I'm over the moon and, and I'm happy. And I have to remind myself that there's going to be ebbs and flows in my business that some weeks I'm going to get a lot of clients and some weeks, just for a reason, I'm going to get no clients. And I find that to just pay attention to how my mood is, pay attention to what I'm feeling and to realize to just keep going at it. Eventually, there's going to be a breakthrough and eventually I'm going to get another client. And I realized that not attaching myself worth to whether I'm getting clients or not, because I know that eventually there's going to come a day where even if it's two weeks, four weeks, I'm going to be able to sign up a new client for my business that that day is going to come and to not be so down in the dumps based on what's happening in, in these previous weeks. And I found that by realizing that it helps me be mentally strong during the weeks where I don't have any clients signing up or the client calls just aren't good. They're not good to prospective clients and to realize that this is just part of the business and that, again, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Some months are going to be better. I can't continue to, you know, one month do like, you know, 10,000 sales, next month do 20, the following month do 30 and then 40. And like, that's not how business it's going to be. And, and to realize that is what really helped me to understand that some months I might do 10,000 sales, some might I'm going to do 30 and then five and then 20. And it's all these ebbs and flows that happen in business. And I realized that looking at it that way has been really been able to help me. 
Yeah. And I think it's like you said, it's a continual thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. most mindset things are not just you adopt this principle and it's once and done. Like I think our default programming can become a better set of beliefs, but our brain is always there trying to keep us safe. And so Mm -hmm. it's going to come up with stuff continually. And like, I don't know if you view it this way, but I like to think about, you know, training our mind as the same way that we train our bodies. It's like, I can't just go to the gym once and expect to have this amazing body for the rest of my life. Like I have to work on it every single day. And so my mindset is the same. Like I have to work on mindset principles every day of my life. If I want to have a growth mindset and a good outlook on things, you know, I can't just expect like, oh, I did some mindset work today. I'm good for the rest of the month. Exactly. And and like you gave that gym reference, like you couldn't expect to go to the gym today, you know, one day per month, and then expect to be mentally, be physically strong in this case. And the next month, it's something, you know, you go, maybe you don't go every day to the gym, but for the, at least for the mindset aspect, you like to have your mindset put in place, you know, every day to be mentally strong. And I find that the more that you push yourself, the more un- uncomfortable you get, the little bit easier it's going to become. And, and same with the gym. If you've never been to a gym, you're going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning, but then after a month or two, you start to get it down. And then all of a sudden you're going to start to get a little bit stronger. And I think that goes perfectly along with the mindset. Yeah. So do you have any mindset practices or mindfulness practices that you implement that you could share with people? Definitely meditating. I find that mm-hmm. meditating is is perfect. I just like to clear my mind, especially being running a business. There's a million, a million things that go through my mind in, in a day and, and things I have to do. And I just got to sort of just take a deep breath. And I do it in the morning before I start work. I just go and I meditate for five or 10 minutes and I just clear my clear my mind. And I, I noticed that it allows me to get more focused for the day. Cause right after I meditate, I write in my journal, I write down what I'm looking to do that day, you know, anything that may come up that I'm just thinking about. And I find that by just journaling my thoughts and on top of meditating allows me to go into work with a clear mind. Cause the last thing I want to do is start my day thinking about all the stuff I got to do where meditating does just help me to clear my mind and to put things in perspective. And I find that that really helps me, especially in the morning before starting my day. Yeah, I'm the same. And I find that it's just easiest to do first thing in the morning. Like I don't have to fight myself. Like the longer I've been awake, I have days recently where I'm like, oh, I'd love to like sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. Cause I often do a short meditation in the morning and I'm just not prone to do it in the middle of the day. I'd love to say I, I'm, I'm motivated, but I'm not. And, then, and even then, if I say, oh, let me just do this one task. Let me just answer this one email on my computer, then I'll go meditate. Then I get, I get taken down a rabbit hole. And then, all of a, and then all of a sudden it's the middle of the day and I haven't meditated. So by doing it first thing in the morning, as you mentioned, it's uh, it makes it a lot easier because things are going to come up. And then before I know it, I've gone a day and I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't meditate today. And, and typically you can look back on the day and, and realize exactly where it went wrong. And it typically stems from me starting my work or being sidetracked and then saying, oh, I'll get back to it where typically I'm not going to get back to it because if I'm busy and it's one o'clock in the day, I don't want to take time out of my day to go meditate where in the morning where I haven't checked my email, I don't know what's going on. It it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. So part of an online business is being visible and quote unquote, putting yourself out there, which can be a huge struggle in the beginning or, you know, as fears come up, you know, depending on where you are on your journey. So I'm curious how that has been for you in your business. 
So it's definitely been hard in the beginning and, and really, so I run a, I run a podcasting business where I help people get booked on podcasts and I never got on podcasts. And here I was three, basically three and a half years into the business, spending every day getting people booked on podcasts without ever getting myself on podcasts. Cause I was always just nervous and afraid how mm. people might sort of, you know, how people might think of me, how they might perceive me. And I realized I just went on, started to go on one podcast. And then I started to go on a second. And then by like by like the fifth or 10th podcast that I did, I became a lot more comfortable. And then it allowed me to grow our business as well. And again, I think it comes back to just pushing myself outside the comfort zone and, and realizing that, okay, if I go out and I put visibility out there and let's say I take an interview and I put it on social media and someone makes a negative comment on it, well, it doesn't really affect my business. That's just that own person's personality. And that's what they may think or if I go on a podcast and I forget what I'm saying, and because this has happened before, as you were talking about, I, I was on a podcast and I actually got a migraine in the middle of a podcast towards the end oh, of it. No. And, and all of a sudden I was near the end of it and I couldn't think about what I wanted to say. And and I realized that mistakes like that are going to happen. And just letting I let the host know, like, basically, this is what's going on. I, I can't record the, the rest of this interview. Luckily, it hasn't happened on on another podcast since, but just by pushing myself out there and realizing that the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to make a negative comment or I'm going to make a mistake, but mistakes are fixable. And people that are negative typically aren't business owners themselves. So they're just sort of jealous or don't like where you are. And, the, and when I realized that, it allowed me to be more comfortable and, and more vulnerable um, in the online space. Yeah. So many good nuggets in there. I think what you said about negative people is really true. And once we really understand that of like the whole notion of people's negativity is so much more about a projection of themselves than anything else. And like you said, I I find that to be true. Business owners are generally the most gracious people. Not all, Mm -hmm. of course, there's like people that are, you know, mad at the world or whatever, but in general, I find people are so lovely and so forgiving. And when you do run your own business, you know what goes into it. And so you're so much more willing to be gracious to other people because whether you're struggling in that moment or not, like you have been, and you know what it is to go through all the hurdles of having a business. Exactly. And when you, when you realize all the hurdles that you've been through, you know, one, one negative comment isn't going to tear you down because that person probably had never gone out and started a business. And, and again, as you mentioned, being very grateful for having a business and, and everything goes into it. And most people that run their own business, they realize how much work does go into it. And they they feel grateful and appreciative for the work that you're doing, if, even if they run a business in a different area. Yeah. So what advice would you have for someone if they're really struggling with visibility and maybe they just don't even know where to start? Do you have a way to kind of break it down or what you would offer to someone? I would say probably the first thing that I would recommend is putting before, let's say going out there and doing podcasts, probably putting yourself out there on social media, putting yourself, you know, going on, writing a a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post or, you know, posting photos on Instagram of your business or, or what you're up to. And that was, you know, that would probably be the first place that I recommend get comfortable putting yourself out there and that visibility. And then if you get comfortable and, and you're finding your message and you see people are resonating with, and even if you're not getting, you know, you shouldn't be counted by the amount of likes and, and shares that you get, but if you're enjoying it and you feel more comfortable to putting yourself out there, then you could turn to towards podcasts and being able to go out there and share your story and, and to get even more visibility, but podcasts, they're difficult for the people that don't have their story yet. Cause you know, you're spending 30, 45 minutes on a podcast. You want to, you want to make sure that you have your story down. You want to make sure that you have talking points 
and that sort of thing. So I find that the more people that they start sort of crafting their story, talking offline on social, I guess on social media, that's going to allow them to come on to podcasts and have a good conversation with a podcast host. And like anything else, you know, I was nervous when I first started podcast guesting. And I'm sure I mean, if you've never been on on a podcast before, you're going to be nervous in the beginning. But once you get to that fifth or a tenth, it's going to be easier. Same with social media posts. Once you create your fifth or tenth post and you start sharing it, it's going to get easier. And then you get to a point where you you don't care so much what people think. You, you, just, you just enjoy doing it. Yeah. It's just really getting over that hump, right? And mm-hmm. making sure we can stay in it long enough because then it does get fun. And, you know, I always like to say like, like exactly how you said, it might not be the second or third one where it's easier, quote unquote, like it might be the fifth one, but too many people quit before they get to the fifth one. And I'm like, no, keep going. Like mm-hmm. it's about to get good. Exactly. And I can remember I used to run a podcast, but I no longer run the show. But when I was first starting it, I, I was interviewing guests. And I remember the first guest that I had on, he was a su- successful entrepreneur. And I I butchered his name and his bio so bad that he had to tell me how to read his bio for him. And that was like one of the first episodes. And it was so bad. It was super uncomfortable. But I found that by like the fifth or 10th interview of interviewing guests, it became a little bit easier. And then eventually, that's basically what got the start in the podcasting industry for me, which has now helped me run the company that I do now. I can never see it in the beginning, but I know that if I would have given up, if I wouldn't have pushed through, if I would have let the mistakes with that first guest that I had had on my show at that time, I probably would have never started this business that I have now. And I probably would have never been that interested in the podcasting space. But again, by pushing myself through it, by pushing yourself through it, and just realizing that, again, mistakes are going to happen and getting getting uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and then just realizing over time it's it's going to go away and and things that were hard yesterday are going to seem a lot easier today. Yeah. I love that. And this is like sort of dramatic, but I always say this, but I ge- I genuinely mean this. Like we make things out to be this horrible thing and of course, like we feel it in that moment. I'm sure you were like mortified in that moment of like, oh my gosh, I've butchered his name. He's had to jump in and like re say his bio and all this stuff. Right. And I never mean to diminish those feelings of embarrassment, but we feel like we're going to die. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to die. You're really not going to die. Exactly. We always like something along the lines, like we always think the worst is going to happen, but it never really does. And we're sort of in our minds all day walking around with these thoughts, you know, we do. I do the interview and I, I do a bad job. I'm like, oh, John's going to go out and he's going to tell all of his friends. He's going to tell the whole world how bad I did. And then I get an email from his secretary saying, John enjoyed the interview. He looks forward to it being released. And I'm like, oh, all those thoughts I had in my head all day, you know, they were there for nothing other than being sort of being negative and, and realizing that a lot of the times the thoughts that we do have, especially when it's negative items like that, they, they never come to fruition and they just never happen. Yeah. So how has imposter syndrome shown up for you in this? I'd be curious to know how it's shown up, especially as somebody who like was booking people on podcasts before you were ever on podcasts. And if that had anything to do with it. I heard find one, a couple of things, imposter syndrome, one looking at other entrepreneurs and, re- and just seeing them. And like, if you go on, on social media and you see people that are same age as me, but making more money than me and their business being more successful and wondering like, how come I can't do that? And I've been working hard at my business. How come I'm not making as much money as them? How come I'm not having as much success with them? And the same thing when it came to like the competition 
in my business, we weren't the, I wasn't the first company to do the concept that I do now, but I, I never realized there was competition until like, I think a year, a year into it. And then wondering like, how come I'm not as far along as they are? How come people sign up with them and they don't sign up with me? And, and just realizing that, you know, that's just all negativity. You know, there's mm. one, there's enough people to go around where there's enough people to work with my agency and to work with their agency. And then same thing, there's entrepreneurs that are not doing as good as me who are just starting off. And then there's entrepreneurs who are a lot well off than me and are doing a lot better than me. And to realize there's always going to be someone above me and there's always going to be someone below me. And just realizing that, you know, that's sort of just the way that it is, especially when it comes to like money in the business, there's always going to be someone that's going to be making more money than me unless like I, I start the next Amazon, which I don't plan on on doing. So it's just, you know, why compare myself to that person if I don't want to sort of be in that place? Yeah. And we all get trapped in it, right? Like I always want to give people the behind the scenes look to things. I mean, that's the whole reason this podcast exists because I just, I find the more we can feel less alone in our experience, then the easier it is to move through these things because we're like, oh, okay, cool. Someone else is having these thoughts, but they're still having success. And this doesn't have to stop me from my version of success. And to know like you can choose at any moment to get out of those comparison places. Like we have that ability to going back to the mindset conversation, like to choose what you focus on and where you put your attention. But it doesn't mean something's like massively wrong with you if you're comparing yourself or feeling like an imposter. Like it's just human nature. Exactly. And even sometimes I feel like an imposter in my own business, you know, not so much now because I think I've overcome it. For the most part, but when I was first starting off my business, I was I was starting to get in college, and here I am trying to get people booked on podcasts. I'm I'm not even a senior in college. I'm a, I'm a junior in college. I'm 20 years old, and here I am trying to work with these people that are making six figures in their business, making a million dollars a year in their business. And here I am. I haven't even made my first ten thousand in my business, and and they're entrusting me. And and I think part of what happened early on in my business is I was charging a price so low. And my business because I didn't think that anyone was going to want to work with me because of my age. And then now I've been able to overcome it and and charge higher prices in my business and realize that if someone comes on and they're super successful, that they're working with us for a reason. But that was probably one of the bigger things I had to get over like, oh, why was this person want to want to work with a 20 year old who's running a business when he's making seven figures and realizing that people don't really care so much about my age. They just care if I can get the job done. If I can get the job done, that's that keeps them happy. And if I can't get the job done, they, they let me know. Luckily that's few and far between, but again, the, the agent factor never mattered. And it's one of those things I look back on. And I'm like, wow, that I should have never thought about that as much as I did. Yeah. It's so interesting how these things, you know, we all have our different like kind of trigger points of what is sensitive for us. But when we can just kind of neutralize those feelings and to be like, oh, this person probably doesn't actually care about this thing that's such a big deal to me. And then like, how can I work through it on my end so I can show up and, and serve this client? And that's exactly what you've done so that you can overcome that. Exactly. Love it. Anything else that you would want to share with our audience in terms of imposter syndrome or comparing or any of the things we've talked about? I would say probably the the, one of the bigger things in my business that happened to me is when I was running, I was running a company and to picture this company on the outside looking in, it looked very successful. So this was a company I was running the previous podcast with. We had 600,000 social media followers. I was interviewing mm-hmm. some, some really top entrepreneurs, but we weren't making a lot of money in the business. And I was just working pretty much as much as I could. I was still going to college, but pretty much giving up 
all my friends that I had in college going to bed at, at 8 p.m., waking up at 4 a.m. And, and working, you know, outside of classes, working. And, and after about two years of doing that, I realized I didn't want to do it anymore. So I stopped running that business. And I went through this sort of six-month period where sort of like depression, where I no longer had my purpose. And I realized that no one really talks about what happens when you start a business that doesn't come become successful when you've been running it for, you know, at that time, it was probably about two years into that business where I decided it's just, I was just killing myself. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I don't think enough people talk about that when it comes to running a business. Everyone thinks they're going to start a business and that's going to be successful, but I don't think enough people talk about what happens when you start a business, you put everything into it, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. Yeah, I agree. And I think we need to normalize that in terms of like the struggles behind the scenes. And as much as we all cognitively know in our brains, like social media is a highlight reel and Mm -hmm. you're only seeing, you know, the best parts of it, it's easy to get sucked in. And when you're in a low place to look at that stuff and forget. And so I would be curious to know what was helpful for you to kind of move through that space or if it was just like you just gave up on that business and moved on or like what really happened there? Yeah, it was sort of, I just couldn't run it anymore. And, and sort of just, so I was running it with a partner. So I just said, you know, you, you can run with it. And, and really it took me about a solid three months to get back on my feet. And honestly, what helped me is I found, I started freelancing and I found that that gave me a purpose again. And the morning mm-hmm. I woke up and, and much like I was helping people with the previous business that I, that I had been running. Now I was helping people with their gigs, whether that was writing a blog post, whether they're, I was editing their podcast or that's how I actually found people that wanted to get booked on shows. And I found that that gave me a purpose again. And then ever since then, that's, uh, it's been the thing that's helped me. And I think looking back on my business, a lot of times people expect to start a business and it's going to be successful right away. You know, my business, the one that I run, you know, being in the business space, it really took me about six years for me to really hit a good income potential in my business now going into seven years of, of running different businesses. And I think most people expect to see success in their business within the first month, within the first six months. But really, you know, this was the fourth business that I started podcasting you. And then, you know, now this is like mm. my seventh year of running a business. Luckily, this one, is, this one has been the most successful, but I think too many people look at it, expect their first business to be successful and think it's going to be sort of a linear path where I like to look back on it and see how every business brought me to the way that I am today. Yeah. And that's the conversation I want to have more of, right? Like it's not all roses. I'm a very positive, like believe anything's possible. And I, I love a good quantum leap of watching people, you know, grow their income exponentially, but there is the behind the scenes and we never know the full picture of what someone's been through of like, Oh, have they had failed businesses in the past? Have they been crying tears in their living room that you have no idea about. I just, we need to normalize these conversations and then also to believe that more is possible (laughs) too with, with the right things. Right. A lot of Mm -hmm. it is like, I truly believe now, like hire mentors, like do things that Mm -hmm. scare you faster. And like, there's no reason that we do have to like flail on our own. Exactly. There's no reason to go at it alone, especially starting a business. You know, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things, probably one of the hardest thing that's out there. There's no, there's no manual that, that tells you what happens when a client doesn't pay you. There's no manual that tells you to do <laughs> that. All of a sudden you have an employee and they d- disappear. They don't give you, they don't give you two weeks notice. They're just, they're just gone. No, you know, there's no manual for that. So I find like 
when I have my coach now, when, when things like that do come up, I just bring it to him and then he helps mm-hmm. me talk through it and work through it. And even if it's not a coach, if it's a, a friend that you can talk to, if it's a family member, anyone that you can just bounce ideas off, I feel like is really going to be beneficial because probably the hardest thing that you could do is try to run a business on your own without having any input from anyone else. Yes, I agree. Especially if you've never had a successful business before, like, I don't know. I mean, you're not just expected to know this. And I like, I work with a lot of people who've been in corporate for a long time and like have really great skill sets. However, it's still a very different skill set. And it's unlearning a lot of the stuff that you've been trained to believe in terms of how corporate works. Like mm-hmm. you truly get to run a business how you want to, but you can't run it with an employee mindset. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. This has been so good. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you on the internet? Sure. So they want to check me out, they can go to my Instagram. So it's just my name, Trevor Oldham. And then if they want to check out our company, Podcasting You, it's just podcastingyou.com and they can check it out there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Trevor. I appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. It is such an honor to be in your ears every single week. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating? This will help more people to easily find this free show. If you'd like to talk about the number one mindset shift that you can make in your unique business to start making more money and impact, I would love nothing more than to help you. So go head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com and book a free 30-minute discovery call. I would love to get some fresh eyes on your business and talk about how you can start making more money and an impact right now. So thanks again for being here and cannot wait to see you next week.